Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to How to Date, a show about how to master the messy, complex, challenging and bizarre world of dating when you really didn't think you'd be back here again. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imba. And I'm your co-host, Monique Robin. So, Amantha, who have we got on today? We've got Melissa Lewis on today, who is a stylist. So, I am feeling very excited to pick her brain about what does an ideal outfit look like for a first date? I feel like that will help cut down a lot of decision making at my household. Yeah, and is it the same for every woman or do we, do we dress in a way that suits us as individuals? Yeah, I know. I feel like it's interesting, like being a woman over 40, you know, we can't be dressing how we did in our 20s. It's like, are there no go zones? Is there something ideal that is just going to be great for any woman in their 40s? I don't know. Yeah. And do we dress specifically for a venue or is there a standard dating outfit? Mm, So Melissa should be able to shed light on all of that. Amantha, how is your week in dating? Well, I feel like I've had a week in dating where I have been misled by inaccurate photos. So there were there were two separate occasions, literally that happened within a week of each other. There were there were two separate guys, went on a date with both of them, and they, they looked like of, you know, average build in their photos and both of them had significantly more weight than was displayed in their photos. And for me, health is a really big value of mine. I place a lot of value on it. And it's an important thing that the other person values. And I think for me, both of those guys, based on what they shared on the date, did not value that. And also I felt quite misled by going, you look completely different to your photos. I think that's the issue. The the misleading, it's a lie. They're liars before they even open their mouth. But, and it's interesting, I, I think about this a lot. Showing photos that aren't accurate representations of you in this moment is a really difficult topic to address because I have a couple of different opinions on it. Firstly, I think that it doesn't come from a place of deceit. It comes from a place of insecurity and also that hope that we as humans all have. That guy probably looks at the best photo back in 1998 when (laughs) his BMI was healthy and he probably says, oh, before I go out on my next date, I'm going to look like that because I went to the gym today (laughs) and then he puts the photo up and then he might accidentally eat another pizza. (laughs) Just accidentally. But he wants to give you that photo. He wants to give you the him in that photo. He just can't quite commit. It's just the disappointment, though. Like, I remember when one of them, like, I got to the bar first and he walks in Mm. and I'm just like, 
oh god you look nothing like your photo and then you just know from there because you feel like you've been lied to or deceived and it's just such an icky way to start I also find it very challenging. Like I said, I have so many opinions on it and I try and find the kind one, but I'm there in my head. The overriding message is you misrepresented yourself. Mm. And I know that we've talked about height before uh, and you have described yourself as heightist, which uh, I think you've shared on several episodes and and it was funny because I went on a date last night with a guy that in his profile, so I'm 5'4 ish. Which like, is what, 163 centimetres? 163 centimetres, yeah. or maybe 162 centimetres. And this guy. Did you like how I was guesstimating yeah. when <laughs> you and I have known each other's height like our whole lives? <laughs> yeah. Like what, yeah. say uh, 163? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, so you are 163 centimetres. Yes. And so this guy had 165 centimetres mm. on his profile we had a like nice phone conversation seemed like we had a fair bit in common but I was like oh I I hope he's being honest like because I've never dated anyone that's shorter than me and being quite short myself that's yeah I guess that's you know I think the average height for a guy is I don't know 5'9 or 5'10 or something statistically speaking anyway he lied he was shorter than 165 and I know you've got theories on guys lying about their height. What what are your theories? Well, I do think that when you're at 165, so you're in the female zone. <laughs> no, I and I, I'm taught, look, you can call me a heightist nutbag all you like, but the fact is that's about sort of an average female height. Average female height is 5'4". Okay, so there you go. So when you're in that zone, I think you've got to be brutally honest because your height is going to be an issue for most women, not for all women, but they want you to at least be their height or above. Not someone like me who's heightest and wants you to be like another head a taller. Giant. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the average normal woman wants you not to be shorter. So I think that's a really bad lie. Now, I get why the five nines and above lie because they go, oh, I'll still be taller than her and I can just say another inch because it looks good on paper. (laughs) And if I wear those nice, like, chunky runners I've got, I am 5'10", so I'm kind of not lying. So my theory on height is that everybody lies an inch and usually if the short guy, the super short guy, has any common sense whatsoever – They do not lie because they're in the danger zone. It's really important to disclose. Okay, so that's your theory. Have you ever dated anyone that's shorter than you, Monique? And just for people that don't know your height, which is probably everyone listening, you're 166 centimetres. Yes, that's correct. I am, Amantha. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, so you also may not know that this heightest thing actually um, grew from a past wound. I never used to be super heightest, and then I dated a guy that I fell head over heels with and he was six foot two and then I became so obsessed with that feeling of being small spoon in big spoon that I said to myself I'm never going to go for a medium spoon but really we know that it's just psychological issues that you're just trying to recreate that relationship I'm trying to recreate well actually I'm actually just trying to mirror that relationship until that guy comes back into my life (laughs) yes which 
He's not going to and we're not waiting around. No, so but my point is, so yes, in the past I would date guys that weren't his height and so I wasn't heightest. I was in the, the pool of women that would go for someone who's just as long as they were just a bit taller and even before I established or developed this heightest issue, I remember going on a date with a guy that was borderline my height and he definitely put himself as 5'8", and I'm like 5'6". Five, five. So he put him, and if not a little bit shorter than me, and also what gave it away, and you said it gave it away with this guy you saw the other night, you told me this off air, what gave it away is he was wearing extra chunky shoes. <laughs> so it validated my paranoia that he was shorter than me. If he had have just worn subtle, slimline shoes, I would have thought, oh, he's not trying to hide anything. But is it a good strategy, though? Because, like, at the end of the day, if the connection's right, height really doesn't matter. Like, you know, it's very easy to be judgmental on the apps. And, I mean, we need filters to make decisions. Otherwise, we would just be going on dates with everyone and that would be very inefficient. But if they're a great person and the chemistry's there, like, Really, height doesn't matter. So I can kind of understand guys telling little white lies and also girls telling white lies. And I feel like um, women are generally more inclined to lie about body size or body shape as opposed to height, whereas I feel like for guys it's generally a height thing if they're going to... Or age. Or age. A lot of guys lie about their age. Why do they they think we want someone younger? They usually want someone younger. Or older. I just went on a walk with a girlfriend who went on a date with someone that said they were 40 and they were actually 51. But I can see the logic because it's like, well, you just have to get past that first hurdle to the first date. It's like getting to the job interview and I can see the logic in lying because if the chemistry is so great and the match is so great, you're willing to overlook it. But my goodness, if the chemistry is not there, it is really bloody annoying. You know how we were talking the other day? There are like guys that walk taller. Yes. Do you want to describe what you mean? Okay. So the other day when we were anticipating whether this guy was, was going to be shorter than me. <laughs> I said to Amantha, as a very good friend, you know, to reassure her and make her feel comfortable, I said, it really doesn't matter, Amantha. Okay, I'm 166 centimetres. Stand over there. So she stood over across the room. I said, here, I'm going to walk to you. And I walked to her in my cool <laughs> swagger. Okay, this is 166 centimetres. And then I go, stay there. And I walked back to the other side of the room. I go, I'm going to walk to you. And then I puffed my chest up, I minced my hips, I swung my head back and I said, there you go, 173 centimetres right there. This guy could be a 165 walking like he's 170. Don't you worry, we'll be right. And then the next morning when we debriefed, Amantha goes, he was a 163 walking like he was 150. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not good. (laughs) Our guest today is Melissa Lewis, who is a stylist and the founder and CEO of the Ascension Group, where she helps women in the corporate world present themselves more confidently and authentically. Let's head on over to Melissa. We want to start by talking about first dates because I know for myself that it, it can often be like, oh, what should I wear? And so can we start off by talking about what is the ideal 
outfit to wear on a first date? Such a good question. It's like, what's the ideal outfit to wear for an interview? So I think, you know, when we think about when we best perform, we best perform when we feel good. So choosing an outfit the day before, so then on your date night, you can just put it on and feel good. So I think it's about going back into our wardrobe, looking at our old time favourite pieces, because we know that makes us feel good. So I think it's about also wearing clothes that are appropriate for that date and environment. So let's say you're going for a picnic to the beach, you're not going to wear your high stiletto shoes, because that's inappropriate. So I think Your first date is the first impression you make and people remember actually what you wear and they judge you on that too. And likewise, you're judging the other person. So on the topic of appropriateness, because I get that you shouldn't wear stilettos to picnics. I don't think, I I mean, I don't even own stilettos, so I just (laughs) wouldn't do that. But where I feel like it's a bit ambiguous is a classic drinks date where you're meeting at a bar and let's just say, it's a casual inner city bar. I'm always like, do I like, do I wear like a nice top and a skirt or do I wear jeans and a singlet top and nice sneakers? What is appropriate, particularly now that we're all just used to lounging around in active wear all day <laughs> for work? What do you wear to a bar? Like, do you struggle with this as well, Monique? Yeah, look, I actually also want to know Is what I'm choosing to wear going to give an impression that perhaps is inaccurate of me? Like, should I try and look sexy for this guy or will he think I'm too tarty for anything long term? Or should I be casual and then maybe he doesn't realise that I can look much better than that? Yeah, so what are we wearing to a bar, Melissa? So I think you can't go wrong these days with a pair of jeans. A well-cut, good pair of jeans makes a woman feel good. And then wear a blouse, something that's not too low-cut because otherwise you're fidgeting all the time and that really shows a sense of insecurity. It's also very distracting. So you want to wear clothes that are easy on the eye as well, so not too too much pattern, not too flamboyant. I would go for more a classic look because then you can't go wrong. And you can use accessories to really add your personality. So let's say you love turquoise. You could have a beautiful turquoise necklace or an earring with a plain black top or a pop of colour. So I think it's about still wearing clothes that represent you but making sure that you don't ear on too too sexy or um, too provocative because you don't want to send the wrong impression either, especially on a first date. So are there other examples of outfits that you just can't go wrong with aside from that classic well-cut jeans and maybe like a kind of classic blouse sort of look? I mean, you could go for a nice dress that's not too long. I mean, you don't want to look like you're going to a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we're going to our future wedding. (laughs) Not on a first date, you're not. So I think, you know, you can go for a nice feminine dress. You, You want to feel feminine. I think that's really important. You want to feel like yourself, but... You, you still want to feel feminine. A man wants to date a woman. That's why he's going on a date. So I think making a wise choice, I think also trying on outfits a few days before, just so then when you're going to that date, you've got a really clear mindset. You put on your outfit, you're already feeling good about yourself. Whereas if you haven't organised yourself the day before or the night before, 
you go in frazzled, you end up trying on everything in your wardrobe, everything looks disgusting, you're throwing it all over your bed, you already got that frazzled mind frame, you're not putting your best foot forward. So I guess on, on that note, how can we spend less time deciding on what to wear before a date so we don't have that frazzled, stress out kind of moment? Well, I think it's being organised, isn't it? Preparation's the key, like for any first um, interview. So I think it's preparing your outfit, as I said the night before, so then you don't feel frazzled. And like something I feel like I do probably more for work, like if I'm doing keynote speaking, I've almost got a bit of a uniform and I've got a few outfits that I just know, yep, that works for keynote speaking. Is that something that you'd recommend that we should do for dates, almost having that date uniform? Absolutely. You've got a few good outfits that you know work for you. So stick to them because why try something different on the first date? I want to ask you a specific question. So a lot of the time, Mel, I schedule my dates for after my yoga because I've already got the kids being looked after. So I'm teaching yoga. Yep. And I have one pair of <laughs> yoga pants that are a bit shiny and they look pretty conservative when I'm standing in bare feet teaching a class. But according to my mum, as soon as I put a pair of heels on, I look like a tart, well, she says Sandy from Greece at the end of the movie. <laughs> Um, am I looking going to a date and I purely do it for convenience so that I can race off to the date after teaching yoga? Am I attracting the wrong type of men going like Sandy and Grace? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it takes two seconds to put on a different pair of pants because I think what's appropriate for yoga is very different for what's appropriate on a first date. So I do tend to agree that really tight fitted pants like leggings which are supposed to be used for yoga and with a heel it's sort of a mixed match of outfits so I think take the time or or make your date that you've got that extra 10 minutes that you've got that time to really change into an outfit that truly not only represents you but that you feel good in and that is appropriate for the environment. Melissa, what are some wardrobe hacks that we can all use to just look and feel better in general, whether it be on a date or just going about our day-to-day lives? I think organisation's the key. I mean, if your wardrobe's really messy, it's very hard to find your items, so you end up getting frazzled. I think nine times out of ten you'll forget that you've got some really good pieces in there because you can't see it. So I almost say to all my clients, set up your wardrobe like your own mini shop. Put all your short sleeve tops together, your long sleeve tops, your pants together. And this way when you go to get dressed, you're like, right, I feel like wearing pants today. Have a look at all my options of pants. I'm going to wear a long sleeve shirt because it's about, you know, 18 degrees. It's a bit chilly. So then you can go to your wardrobe and it's all put together nicely because if it's a mess that just causes chaos from the beginning of the day so that's one thing the other thing is only keep items in your wardrobe that you absolutely love I mean there's no use keeping items in your wardrobe that you put on each time and then you take them off because you don't feel good in them yeah that's so true and they take up space they take up space absolutely the stuff you love gets hidden underneath them um so we we sort out our wardrobe and we realize we need to go shopping how do we shop smarter and make better choices when we're looking to buy new clothes with dating in mind 
this is my favourite because anyone can spend money, but to spend smart, you really need a brain, don't you? So I think I've, I've come up with my five principles that I teach my clients. And the first thing is when you put on an item of clothing, you know whether you love it or not. You know, sometimes we try and tell ourselves, oh, but it's okay, but it's on sale, um, maybe I'll wear it. You can't buy clothes like that. So the first thing is you must love it. The second thing is the colour must complement you. We know when we put on a colour and our eyes just pop or we put on a colour and let's say it's beige and it makes us look worn and drawn. That's not going to really work for you. The third is the fabric must be good. So you want good quality fabric that doesn't stretch out of shape, um, doesn't peel or ball. So how do we know if it's good quality fabric? Are there tests that we can do if we're not a fabric connoisseur? Yeah, absolutely. My favourite thing is I go up to an item of clothing and I do what's called a scrunch test. So I literally scrunch the fabric within my hands and I say, right, if it creases already, that's not going to be good for me because I'm going to look worn by midday. So one of them is a scrunch test. The other one is to look at the fabric label and actually see you can tell if fabric if it's a good fabric you can tell by stretching it a little bit you can tell if it's already got pulls on it or if it's already starting to ball like a cashmere that's a great fabric but it doesn't really last you know it it looks weathered within a few washes so you want something that's easy to launder at the same time hold up What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And just before we get on to your fourth and fifth tip, I do have a specific question. So I actually, I bought this beautiful scarf a week ago and it's made out of this kind of Angora wool. Yes. But when I put it on, it's like it just fluffed everywhere. Yes. And so I've returned it because I'm like, this is devastating. But in the shop, they're like, oh, we'll just put some hairspray on it or do this kind of a wash. Like, is there a solution to that? I have returned it. So if, if the shop people were lying to me. I'm fine with that. But I personally don't buy Angora for that reason because it does fluff and it gets on all your clothes. So they, they could be telling the truth, but I haven't had that experience. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, because I had another experience with a, with a similar jumper. I've got this beautiful pink jumper that I loved and I went on a date in it and then the person who I was on a date with, who I was kind of seeing, his jacket looked pink by the end of the date. Yeah, I remember Amantha telling me that story and I actually was going to tell her I went to a wedding in a little pink Angora jumper and, uh, sorry, an engagement party and uh, the actual bride-to-be rang me afterwards and said, do you know that everybody was pink after my function? (laughs) (laughs) I was very social that night. There's no solution for this, Melissa. Just don't buy those type of jumpers, really. <laughs> I All avoid right. that because it's a waste of money. So you end up wearing it, but then you don't get your return on investment because you're not wearing it often. Okay. Mm. All right. So let's get to your fourth tip. Well, my fourth tip is it needs to fit you. 
So I think always be open to alterations, but we know when we put on a garment, whether it fits our body shape. Now, I'm all about slight alterations because everything we buy is made for just a stock standard size. So with a slight tweak, it really can be tailored towards your body shape. But I think as a general rule, when you try something on as in a shop, you know whether it fits you right and you don't compromise. And the fifth tip is when you buy an item of clothing, think about does it work back within your wardrobe multiple ways so you can really get a return on your investment. Are you finding that people are dressing differently now for social occasions given we've just spent the better part of the last 12 months living in active wear, in active wear. Absolutely. I think people are dressing down. I mean, to the few occasions I've gone to some weddings um, and some celebrations, I've just found people aren't wearing as high heels, definitely. I think people have become a lot more casual. They've also not been able to fit into a lot of their clothes because, because of the COVID kilos. So I think people are, are not necessarily wearing their best outfits that they've got in their wardrobe. They're wearing a lot of black to hide. Mel, being a woman, say, over 40, yep, can should, we dress, should, <laughs> should we dress differently when we're dating than, say, when we were in our 20s looking for our, our big, long relationship, our husband? Should we dress less? less sexy, less slatty, more sophisticated? What are the no-go zones for women in this age group? I think gone are the mini, mini skirts as we get to 40 because even if you've got a great physique and you've looked after yourself, it's just not so appropriate and we still haven't got the same legs as we did when we were 20, let's face it. So I think there's appropriateness of, of clothing as we get older. I also think, you know, wearing shoestring straps with the bra showing is quite tarty. I think we need to err towards more being elegant and a little bit more sophisticated, but you still want to be approachable. You don't want to wear this high neck outfit where you can't see any skin at all because that's actually not quite, it's not approachable. So you want to be approachable. Yeah, okay. Monique and I are just laughing because we're literally both sitting here in singlet tops with our bras showing. <laughs> yeah. So what do we, what do, we go. do instead? Because Monique and I like lucky pride you're not ourselves. On the first date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, lucky. But I have done that um several times. Same. Monique and I are both, I think, quite proud of our arms. Um, <laughs> we both work out a lot. And you should be. But what should we be doing instead? I don't know how to not have bra straps show when I'm wearing a singlet top. Well, we're but we're singlet tops that have thicker straps. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. So you slightly thicker strap so you can still show off your arms and so you should if you've worked out and, you know, you're deserving of showing your arms. Absolutely. I still love a sleeveless top but I make sure that, that you can't see the bra straps. Oh, so that's not a look we should intentionally go for. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> well, it depends on the impression you're trying to make. If you want them to be able to, you know, see a bra and think about your bust and then go for it. But I think if you're looking for meeting someone a little bit more sophisticated with a bit of class and taste, they're going to appreciate a woman also like that. For, for people listening and I imagine there are a lot of people, you know, after the year that was kind of going, oh, I just feel like my wardrobe needs a bit of sprucing up, but they're on a budget. What are the best ways that we can spruce up our, our look or our wardrobe but not spend a ton of money? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, to look and feel great doesn't mean you need to spend a lot of money. What it does mean is that you need pieces in your wardrobe that you love, that fit you well, um, and that you feel great in. So I think, you know, accessories are a great way to really spruce up an outfit. So necklace, pair of earrings, as you said, a scarf before, buying fewer pieces but better quality, even going to the outlet shops where you can buy classic classic trend pieces and then add, add some accessories to really give it your own personality. Yeah, cool. Are there any go-to brands like when it comes to accessories that you think are just they've always got good, interesting pieces? Well-priced. Yeah, for for women that are in that 40-plus age range. You know, Swarovski does some great pieces which are a little bit art deco, um, a little bit different, but they're really not expensive, but they look expensive. Uh, Melissa, a final question for you. For listeners that want to connect with you in some way or maybe in, engage your services, what's the best way for people to do that? Probably LinkedIn, to connect on LinkedIn under Melissa Lewis. Yeah, and you've yeah, got my details there or give me a call if you've got some ideas or you want some suggestions on how to how to dress appropriately for that first date to attract the right man. Fantastic. Well, Melissa, it's been fascinating and enlightening and has inspired me to, I think, reorganise my own <laughs> wardrobe. So thank you so much yeah. for your time. I'm going to Google thick, thick strap singlets as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was your biggest takeout from our chat with Melissa? I must say I did note that she told us not to wear singlet tops, but then she gave us a special exemption because we both have good arms. No, but then remember she said we need to buy special singlet tops that that, that are not like spaghetti straps so that you can't actually see the bra strap. And I must say since recording that interview, I've completely ignored her advice, but whenever I think about it and I often still wear singlet tops on dates – I'm like, oh, I need to apply what Melissa taught us. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't think she had a problem with the arms. I think she had a problem with the bra straps. It was tacky and awkward. Yeah, tacky and awkward. And I just think, wow, that is the impression that I've been putting out to the dating community for the last year, tacky and awkward. <laughs> exactly right. Me too. <laughs> okay, so time to shop for some new singlet tops, I think. Yeah, I'm going to be Googling stylish over 40 singlet tops. <laughs> Do you think I'm the first to search that in Google? Probably not. That is it for today's show. If you have enjoyed How to Date, why not share it with other people that you think could benefit from some of the advice that we are offering. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love to get your feedback. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened to this show from. And we will see you next time. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.